Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for getting here so early. This is a real shock to me, but it's wonderful. Thank you. Um, listen, for those of you who are visiting, uh, I do want to say we, we ask people to write in, and we ask them to write in their objections and concerns in regard to God, Christianity, and the church. So that is what we're doing. We're responding to those who have written in with their objections, hence big objections. For those of you who specifically come in response to this series, I want to just say thank you for coming. I realize this is probably not your normal place of being here, and uh, so thank you. I do appreciate that. And in particular, for those of you who wrote in with specific questions, um, thank you so much. I'll tell you what, it's, uh, to be honest, it's been really helpful and not a little humbling, I have to say. Quite humbling. So which leads us to the first topic, which is, why are Christians so hypocritical and judgmental? Do you know, it may surprise you, although not all of you, but it may surprise some of you, this was top spot. That's just a pauseful reflection here. This was top spot of the objections. In 1976 was the year both the, my wife and I responded to the person and message of Jesus Christ. And in the church that we went to at the time, there was a group which was 20 to 30s group. And uh, we were very much a part of that. The leader and his wife were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I mean, he was a charismatic figure. He knew his way around his Bible. And um, do you know what? It was, a, it was just terrific. Sunday evenings, we really looked forward to those Sunday evenings. I looked up to him, you know, I really did. So the bombshell dropped. He'd been cheating on his wife for months. And it was an absolute shocker. Uh, do you know, we had talked matters of integrity and relationships and, and morality. I have to say, we were stunned. Honestly, we were stunned. I just never saw it coming. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Um, and if it is, you'll know there's a sense of disillusionment that can, that can swamp you. And it can make you question everything. I think, to be honest, in that group we felt, we felt a little conned. I have to say that. And... Um, to be fair, it can be even more personal than that. Great hurt can and has been done to others by Christians. And that may well be your story as you're sitting here today. Some of you will have, I am sure, legitimate and reasonable objections to the Christian faith. I understand. I really do. I haven't walked in your shoes. I haven't had your experiences, but I do get a glimpse of it. I do see it. I understand that. You know, one Sunday morning, it was many years ago, we were smaller then, and uh, we put this note in the grapevine. So that's one of those things that you'll have got as you walk through the door. We put this note in the grapevine to pray for someone who was seriously ill. Now, they had actually moved from here, but many of our people know her. We were a lot smaller, and... Um, Actually, she was dying of cancer. And I, we put in a great, but we didn't go into specifics, but just seriously ill. After the service, this man came up to me 
and he accused me of being complicit in her illness. And um, he, he's a Christian. He had a particular take on healing. And his take on healing was you never expressed anything negative. I mean, you didn't even say anybody was ill. So how you would pray for somebody who was ill, I had not a clue. But uh, it was... And when it, and I, he said, you are making her situation worse. So I, I said, um, can I just get this right here, please? Um, are you telling me I'm responsible for making her more ill? So he paused and he just said, yes. And it's at your door. Hey, Christians. He said, Christians. You know, to be frank, some of the things people have been subjected to by Christians and the church has been awful. Do you know, I get this objection. I really get this objection. You know, and any of you who've been around the church long enough, you'll know this. I just get this objection. I'm not saying my hands are clean either. I want that to be absolutely clear. Let's listen to some of the objections, can we? Here's one. I get annoyed by the hypocrisy, what is taught in the Bible versus how people act to others, yet feel this is okay because they go to church every week. Followed up by um, the, this is, I find organized religion very judgmental and hypocritical. They say and do one thing, and then they go to church and pretend to be holier than thou. I have to say, you know, fair point here. A fair point. Someone in a conversation with a church leader said, the reason I am not a Christian is that I am condemned by my Christian friends for smoking. And all the time they're sleeping with their boyfriends. I mean, it's a fair point. Sometimes you just got to hold your hands up here. Another objection is this. How can God trust earth to corruptible people like those in the church who abuse their power? Do you know, if you're a Christian here, you're sitting here, you're probably feeling uncomfortable. I said, I was. And I thought, but, you know, when we hear of priests and clergy who have abused people in their care, you can't help. You can't help but understand this objection. Surely you can't help that. And then there's charlatans and fraudsters that, rip off people in the name of Christianity. I tell you, it doesn't help when high-profile Christians are found to be living a double life. It was almost a year ago that Yonggi Cho, the founder of one of the largest churches in the world, was sentenced to three years in prison with a five-year probation for embezzling millions of dollars of church funds. And I say that, and you, I know some of you, you just your heart will drop. But, you know, this is the reality. Gandhi said this, I don't reject your Christ. I love your Christ. It's just that so many of you Christians are so unlike your Christ. Your one writer noted this. He said, the best advertisement for Christianity is Christians. And the worst advertisement, you know what's coming, don't you? For Christianity is also Christians. I've known gay people 
tell me that they would never, never tell any one of their struggles because of the strength of feeling that has been expressed about homosexuals in their small group. There's a thought. That's not in this church, but it may well have been, for all I know. Listen, if that is your experience and other matters where you have been badly treated here or by other Christians, I really am sincere. I'm, I am sorry. I am truly, truly sorry. And I also want to say this. I am deeply offended when I see pictures of Christians on marches with placards and banners saying God hates fags. I tell you, that gets to me. That sickens me. So, in light of that, I want to look at three things. What is hypocrisy? What isn't hypocrisy? And what is the opposite to hypocrisy? So, I picked this up from a well-known speaker on church and culture. His name is James Emery Emery White, and I found him to be very helpful in these matters. What is hypocrisy? Well, the word hypocrite comes from from the theatrical world, and it's where an actor would play a role other than themselves. It it probably most originated uh, in uh, ancient Greek. And if you know anything about Greek tragedies, part of the tradition of Greek tragedies is they would wear a mask, They would wear a mask, and they would come in, and the actor would put the mask in front of their face for the character that they were playing. So the the person who played that part was known as a hypocrite. That was what he was known as. So, and then if he played another character, he would go off stage and put another mask on. So they laid aside their true identity for a false one, a mask wearer, a hypocrite, posturing and posing as someone they weren't really. When Jesus got hold of this word hypocrite, he moved it from the stage to everyday life. He really did. And I'm going to take you through some excerpts from the book of Matthew. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, Take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I think that's pretty plain. And uh, Jesus is just warming up. I tell you, when he gets to um, Matthew 23, you just, it's just a rip. I mean, he just goes. And here, here's him. He is really strong about is about the Pharisees of the day, the the religious people of the day. Everything they do is for show. Hypocrites. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy 
full of greed and self-indulgence. Yeah, you think that's strong? He hasn't finished. I mean, he is still going. Hypocrites, you pretend to be holy with all your long public prayers in the street while you are evicting women from their homes. Hypocrite, you're like beautiful mausoleums full of dead men's bones and, and of foulness and corruption. You try to look like saintly men, but underneath those pious robes of yours are hearts besmirched with every sort of hypocrisy and sin. You know, this is not someone who's going for popularity stakes here, is it? I mean, um, this is a, he's not going for votes. You've got to admit it. It just isn't doing that. Jesus took a simple word and nailed it. He nailed it in a way that has never been nailed before. And here's the point. What could be worse than to have that word to which he, I mean, he fired that word. What could be worse than have it attached to his movement? Countless people think the two go hand in hand. You know, you're going to say to me, Neil, you're going to give us a break here. I'm just saying, look, this is how it is. And uh, it, it is tragic. And I know for some people, Christian is merely a label. It's not a personal experience. It's just a label. It's a label of faith. I, and I wear it. There are a lot of fake and phony people who claim the label Christian. I, I understand that. And live unashamedly opposite to Jesus' teaching and go to church. And they do all of this stuff without blushing. It's hypocrisy. It's mask wearing. Being someone you are not. So, having said that, what, let's be clear, what isn't hypocrisy? Because this is an important question. It isn't when someone fails your expectations of perfection. Or someone who falls short of a standard they aspire to. Or someone who messes up. I tell you what, if that's a hypocrite, I'm big. I'm big in this. Honestly, I make mistakes. I blow it. I, I, um, I feel ashamed at some of the things I say. Do you know, a few weeks ago, I was playing golf. I was doing really well, and I got to this particular hole. Could I hit a shot right? I could not hit one shot right. And uh, as I got to the end of the hole, I mean, I just blew it. I just lost my cool, slammed my club into the ground, which I think is my equivalent to swearing. I blamed it on being irritated. This is the thing. I blamed it on being irritated. And I was, because behind every shot, I was stuck behind a bush or a tree or under branches and all the rest. I was irritated. And I thought about it a bit later. And I thought, I thought, actually... It's because I didn't want to lose. Do you know, people have said I am competitive. And I know you're looking at me and saying, surely not, surely not. <laughs> but do you know what? I didn't realize I was that competitive. And my wife will say, well, at last you realize now. I tell you, we mess up. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an everyday story. You know, one day I was in the car with one of my sons, and, and he was doing a running commentary on every other driver. 
who, by the way, were completely inferior to him. And he was just doing a running commentary. I, I mean, he was, he was dismantling them. I mean, it was brilliant piece of oratory, but I mean, just dismantling them. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, my son, you're harsh. You're harsh. And then, and then I had a thought, where did he get that from? Listen, my friend, this is my everyday story, seriously. Something said at someone else's expense. I can battle with lust, fritter away my time, envy what others have. Seven deadly sins, (laughs) not foreign territory. I tell you, I fall short every day. I'm a leader in this church. And they'll be advocating that I move on after this. But I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I have to say, and those who are close to me, you know. You just have to spend, you don't even have to spend a day with me. Ask my wife, my children. I, I, if, if it's about being perfect, I've had it. I am stuck. Hypocrisy, you know, it isn't being perfect. I make mistakes. Sin. You know, the perception often is, is that to be a Christian means being perfect. That is why some people balk at making a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. I couldn't because their understanding is that being a hypocrite is not being a perfect Christian. Making mistakes, falling short, it's not hypocrisy. The opposite to hypocrisy is not perfection. The opposite to hypocrisy is being authentic. It's being real. Those who authentically follow Jesus Christ are marked with an honest openness. Jesus said of hypocrites, everything they do is for show. Being something they're not And, you know, our culture is big on this. So we're all tainted with this. We we live in a cosmetic surgery, fake boobs, fake tans, fake whatever culture. This is part of our culture. We think the key to being somebody is looking like that somebody. We get sucked into faking it. So we shouldn't be surprised when that happens on the spiritual side of things too. Jesus wanted people to be real. Somebody sent in a letter. And the letter was this. I'm not looking for perfect, but I am looking for real. Philip Yancey has written this book on grace. It's called, it's just brilliant. Grace means undeserved favor. And he observes that With Jesus, there are two categories of people. Sinners who admit it and sinners who deny it. Do you know the best way to get the best out of Jesus Christ is to be genuine and to be real. Forgiveness and compassion just roll off from him to authentic people. The Bible says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. The Christian life isn't pretending 
We've got it all together when we don't. If anything, it's about admitting we don't have it all together. Will Campbell was an activist for um, the civil rights movement for racial equality. During the time of Martin Luther King, and he's traveling back, I think it's just in the back of a a wagon, with a friend of us, another activist. And uh, this friend of his was challenging him about God yet again. Another conversation about God. And and he was goading him. And he said, go on then. What's the Christian message? Go on. Go on. Let me have it. Ten words. What's the Christian message? And he replied, after a pause, we're all bastards, but God loves us anyway. I thought, that's a great line. That's a great line. It's not having our act together. It's admitting we don't. That's where grace and forgiveness begins. When we start being real and we are genuine. For Christians, they see it like this. We all have the same disease. Christians are being treated for sin sickness. We're in the recovery room. We found someone who would love us as we are if we would dare admit it and yet didn't want us to stay as we are. That is really crucial. If you saw me when I was 24, I had darker hair. And and listen, if you saw the person I was and the mess I was in and the type of person I was, And the marriage that we had just started, which within weeks was clearly not going to make it. In weeks we knew this. It didn't even take us months. We could see it in weeks. The writing was on the wall. If you could have seen me then, we've been married now 38 years. But if you could have seen me then, and now you see the difference you would see, I think you would say, actually, there might be hope for me. I think you would say that. Jesus works in people's lives. He works in people's lives. And authenticity is one thing. But let me say this. The second hallmark is transformation. If Christians are more like Jesus than they were five years ago, I reckon transformation's going on. If they are not more like Jesus than they were five years ago. Something isn't right. It's about transformation. If there's no change in your life, then you've got to start thinking. See, the opposite to hypocrisy is authenticity. Authentic Christian life isn't marked by perfection, but it is marked by transformation. In this room, There are many stories, and I've seen the lives, and I'm telling you, I have seen transformation after transformation after transformation. And if you knew their journeys, I suspect you might say, that person is a miracle. You know, that's what Jesus does. I've seen it. So it's not about messing up and acting as if that doesn't matter. It's about falling short, seeking God's forgiveness, 
and letting God go to work in those areas of your life. Let me just say one thing here. I think I probably do wish that Christians would say sorry more. When they have done something wrong and just put their hands out and own up and say, you know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I, I just wish we could do that more. I think that would bring authenticity and a bit of reality. You know, I was wrong. I was wrong to do that. I think that would really help. Saying sorry. An authentic Christian is one who comes to God seeking his power and grace in his or her life and then works out the promise of this new life that Jesus gives. Do you know, some people are further along the journey. Some, and you don't know all their stories, some have had such a tough life, it's amazing they even get out of bed in the morning. I mean, you don't know some of the stories of some people. They are heartrending, heartbreaking. And if we could see that journey of life that people have had, then we might be a little bit kinder to them and certainly less, less judgmental. Christianity is about being real and letting change begin. That is different for every person. Some have issues of anger. Some have problems with finances. Some have addiction problems. I mean, some of the stuff it goes way back. If you could see their story, I think you might get a little bit kinder. I think you would. So we mess up many times. But the Christian life is about authenticity, not perfection. Let me conclude with this. If you are here and you have given up on church and maybe even on the person of Jesus because of Christians, I would say, please don't. Please don't. They are a work in progress. We trust. We are a, we are a work in progress. The real issue is Jesus. Skin me back, pull me back 24 years, and that guy and that leader and his wife and the leader who'd been messed up and, and cheated on his wife, the issue wasn't about him. People are weak, but Jesus Christ is as strong as you can get, and he will not let you down. One writer in the Bible says this, we're all being changed from one degree of glory to another. Do you know what? I like that. See, a degree is just a little bit. But the important thing is, is that that little bit is going to work. It takes courage to be real. If you knew me, how many times have I heard that? If you really knew me, it takes incredible courage to be real, to be authentic. And I tell you what, it takes a lot of grace to be part of a people who are trying to be genuine, real, authentic. It takes a lot of grace because they're all a work in progress.